0: You ever wonder what's up there?
1: oh no man so Biden's asking for 33 billion to send to Ukraine no I'm like yo this no. like you're not like number one how are you trying to be a bigger war criminal than Bush <laughs> number one <laughs> Number number I two. I
0: spit fucking beer everywhere. Dude, it is everywhere. It's on both my screens. My mic.
1: <laughs> Woo! That's how you open up the episode. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm gonna hold my notes until you clean yourself up.
0: Fuck. Dude.
1: <laughs> it's <all> I'm
0: <laughs> I-, I squirted farther than my first ex wife. Like, this is fucking wild. <laughs> oh my god, that hurt. Like, because I tried to choke it back. <laughs> oh, it was like my first day in fucking band camp. Jesus Christ. Wow! Well, <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> I was just like five straight two minutes of Goddamn.
0: Well, I was just gonna say, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and you hit me. With <laughs> <laughs> Every week, I'm gonna come with some minor thing. <laughs> Like so it's basically an overrated pitch a teacher would throw on a Monday. Like and you hit me (laughs) with this.
1: It's like that reel of the guy sent you where he's like, Hey man, we're just doing a new children's show. Don't need nothing crazy. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Well
0: on that On war crimes, I would like to welcome everybody (laughs) to the fifth episode of You, Me, and Lore. (laughs) I'm Brandon Wayne, and I'm dying. (laughs) And (laughs) across, you know, you got me fucked up on the intro. (laughs) That's not how I do the intro. oh my god i'm keeping all of this too like this is all staying because nobody else may find that funny but i will find that the funniest thing that has happened in probably the last three months of my life
1: like, did you, you plan it. that did you plan no. to say that or was that, that off
0: the top of your head you were was, just talking
1: that was me just talking. <laughs> but here's the thing about it yo um <laughs> you know, back to do the intro. I'll finish what I'm saying before I get completely canceled. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> I just wanna I just wanna welcome everybody to the fifth ever episode of You Me and Lore. With you as always is me, Brandon Wayner. And with me as always is War Criminal Kenny Gomez.
1: They call me Jack the Ripper. If you know who that is, Brandon. Number one, number one child soldier. Who is that? Jack no, the Ripper. What
0: the fuck are you talking about? You don't know J- Jack the Ripper? Like, are we talking to actual Jack the Ripper, or is this some like hoodlum shit that I should know and don't?
1: Metal Gear Solid Two. Raiden's. Oh, Raiden, we are yeah.
0: not. We are not in the Metal Gear yet.
1: Well, you said war crime, and I'm like, what's who's a walking war crime? Brighton, he is a soldier of fortune who was a child you
0: you hurt me you hurt me you wound me something fierce my man you didn't like you did not know that i do know because i didn't get into metal gear until like way too late oh yeah man so i got like when, when when they were like watering down kojima and like like hey buddy come back <laughs> Like, you're getting way too crazy no you and Norman Reedus can't make a horror game <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> that's when I got into Metal Gear
1: <laughs> oh yeah man no dude I'm a, I'm a huge Raiden fan so when, when they gave me tactical lightning bolt action I was all in uh, but yeah dude Raiden's nickname when he was a child soldier was Jack the Ripper no shit Mm-hmm. Hence why he, because he was really good with knives, hence why he uses the samurai sword.
0: <sighs> Is the next series we're doing Metal Gear Solid?
1: <laughs> oh God, we're doing 20 episodes of Halo. <laughs> There's not enough episodes for Metal Gear because that's conspiracy territory. We got to talk about the Patriots, uh, the Lale Lule Low, fucking Fox Die. oh uh- <laughs> I don't Time know, man. It sounds like you just did the whole season. It sounds like you just
0: did the whole last season of Metal Gear.
1: No, like, man. There's layers. People might die if we do that.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Amen <laughs> to that, brother. We, we've only gone like 500 years in the Halo lore, <laughs> which isn't bad. We're going like 100 years an episode on average
1: fun fact when we do the like, covenant we get to come back to those eras <laughs> but just on the covenant uh, side
0: <laughs> i don't want to read it <laughs> i don't want to read silent storm
1: it'll be fun it'll be fun we get to talk about the grunt war and that's um, um that's that what's one, that me. one's
0: exciting i'm so excited for the grunt war that's just hilarious like <laughs> um oh. speaking of so I just want to go through a few things. So first things first are resources. Um, the resources for today are Halo, the fall of reach, Halo, contact, harvest, Halo, mythos, Halo for strike, Halo, shadows of reach, the official Spartan field manual for a paragraph and it, everything for the most part is going to be coming directly out of Halsey's diary. I'm going to try to not quote directly as much of it as it did last episode. I feel like I went a little over the top. But we're, we are Halsey's Diary for the next 10 years, which is what we're going to cover in this episode, a little short. Um, but for the next 10 years, all of this is basically from the fall of Reach as well as Halsey's Diary. What do you think, Ken Dog?
1: No, no, that's that, that's pretty spot on. It's also kind of funny opening up uh, about the uh, child soldier thing, because that's what we're about to go into. Mm. <laughs> so I want, also, that was not planned at all.
0: <laughs> no, we totally planned that. Don't tell them that. That's not how we get sponsored. <laughs> no, we're just going to are quick on our feet. We know how to seal the deal.
1: Um, we know how to seal the
0: deal. Oh, God. But um, So last episode, we left off with Dr. Halsey on the haunt with a certain uh, certain guy uh, i want to say he was lieutenant grade junior or some shit what was what was keys's rank lieutenant junior grade is the rank that he had the lieutenant, lieutenant junior grade jacob keys and they were on their way to what was that planet ken dog Eridonis 2
1: Aridonus 2 if i i think if you're watching the uh silver
0: timeline
1: <laughs> i think they're on so they mentioned it in the show
0: no, it is. It's it's Iradonus.
1: Oh yeah, because yep. that's what that's what I told you. You got to see fucking um a uh, shovel shovel chief. I'm not gonna say shovel knight, but shovel chief. <laughs> <Digging> <laughs> don't you, yeah. Don't you discredit
0: shovel <laughs> knight like that? Well,
1: <laughs> yeah, shovel knight is a G. I'm not. I, like I said. I love I love Triver. I just don't know what they're doing with the writing.
0: Uh, neither do they. So you guys, you could write for them. Oh, your boy made it. Oh, <laughs> But um, last episode, we went over pretty much all. Of, it was pretty much just Dr. Halsey Express, like nothing but Dr. Halsey. Guess what? <laughs> We're not done with her yet. Dr. Halsey is one of the main, not the main, but one of the main characters throughout this season. However, she does assume more of a background role as we go through it. So don't worry. You, you won't be hearing about me talking how much i love halsey for the next 12 episodes 30 episodes i don't know how long halo is going to (laughs) take dude this is forever
1: i'm gonna have a hairline i will have a whole ass hairline again when we're done talking halo
0: dog but um so i think you left off with them too uh they were just waking up for cryosleep or were they in cryosleep when they were on the Han?
1: They they were just wake like, well in in case like just to go about it, we'll we'll do it like how they did it in the book. Um so essentially Keys Keys wakes up first. So Keys wakes up first. Uh also for all you lovely people, this is twenty this is twenty-five seventeen, by the way. Twenty-five seventeen. Or
0: July. Mm-hmm. July twenty-five seventeen.
1: And we uh remember Keys was supposed to go to the Magellan and he was put on the Han on escort duty. Uh, but yeah, so essentially he wakes up, he gets out of cryo sleep. He talks about the fluid, like a, I think it was like a lemon lime slimy salty fluid, or the 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 concoction they have to ingest while they're in cryo sleep, so that way they get their nutrients and all that.
0: So McDonald's Sprite
1: Yes, or when you order extra mayo on your McChicken. Don't
0: say that. I like McChicken. I love the McChicken. I love love the spicy ones. I bet you do. I hate you so much. Proceed. I'll shut up. I know my place. I'll shut up. I'll let you take the lead.
1: All right. So. as he's getting out of sleep, he, he goes to proceeds to wake up uh, Halsey. Uh, but, you know, Halsey is a is a bad... She's a boss bitch, a business bitch. Uh, so Halsey, you know, proceeds to wake up. And the first things that he notices about her... And like I told you in the last episode, he notices, you know, she's, you know, pale skin, blue eyes. He's mm. like, yo, she is not... She's not a beautiful woman, but she's a striking woman, right? I and it. from the minute... Halsey is out of cryo to to looking at keys is go time. Like she's already running <laughs> shit. She's like, "Yo, go ahead, get dressed. Let's get moving. Let's get to the bridge." Um, as soon as he gets to the bridge, she's already like keying shit up. She's talking to the AI. Um, she puts him on communications. She puts him on communications. And as he's getting in, you know, getting into his position and whatnot to track everything. He watches Halsey put the AI on the ship to his paces. Like, she's working for monitors. She's like, I need scans of this. I need you to monitor this. I need you to play a particular, particular song. Uh, Brandon, for the the nice people, what is the song or the piano song (laughs) we're going to be talking about?
0: Man... I know we have one music teacher who listens to us <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry in advance Roachmanoffs piano yes, concerto number three
1: that is correct so she gets to, she gets the air to play that as they're doing everything and keys is in such a like a, a daze watching this woman do everything she does that she has to look over to him and be like, hey, did you catch anything? Did you read anything? <laughs> like she caught keys slipping, yo.
0: It's so, funny that you say that though, because, um, hold on one second. Okay, so it's pronounced Sergei Rachmaninoff. First of all.
1: Rachmaninoff. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, Secondly, um, she. It's funny that she goes off. I won't say she goes off on him because that's that's not right. But she does like prod him a little bit for you know him. I don't know if he was he admiring her like or was he just curious.
1: The the best way to put it yes he was admiring her because you know that leads to (laughs) yeah yeah. so he was was, uh... Um,
0: but um it's funny that like she kind of did that because at the same time. Um, she has two pages dedicated to her meeting keys and she illustrated three of them (laughs) she drew this man twice back to back and um, went on about how much she she admires him and even in this one meeting so bearing in mind they haven't done their missions yet that they're going to go do this is just in them meeting she was already considering um, telling Oni that she wanted him on her personal staff like permanently like permanent assignment he works with me from now on but not all of it was because he was uh keys is smart he's not as smart as halsey but keys is super smart but the thing that she liked most about keys do you want to know what traits she found the most redeeming about keys
1: oh dude I'll tell you right now cause my boy ain't no
0: snitch <laughs> that's,
1: yeah, that's it
0: no that's exactly it that's exactly it the the thing she says that he is fucking adept at keeping his mouth shut I shit you not so not only is this dude handsome but he don't talk unless spoken to and that is Halsey's fucking lane <laughs> but yeah I just well, want to chime that in because like both of them are having that will they won't they moment <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's just cute
1: <laughs> and also just to just to clarify too that th- this is all 100% real because in the book um after you know she gets everything settled and he's monitoring the communications you know they they start talking and he you know he asks her if she can if he can speak freely and she's like man I'm a civilian like you don't need all this shit with me so, and he starts to ask, like, yo, why am I here? Why am I on this mission? And she brings mm-hmm. up the whole situation that happened with the plasma burns, and she just tells him, it's because you know how to keep a secret. And what we're about to do is, you're definitely gonna need to know how to keep a secret.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Woo, buddy. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah, and- but no, It's it, so once again, guess what, class? the last episode carries in this episode we have continuity motherfuckers we're getting there (laughs) we're getting our shit together (laughs) look at us who would have thought (laughs) man we are progressing (laughs) we're getting there
1: people and and I do want to I do want to close on their at least on my side of their first interaction before I I pass it to Brandon to read Alicia Keys' diary
0: Oh, I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to be reading straight from the diary. Oh no, like so,
1: no, like summarize it. Yeah, no. They,
0: oh, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, so you could like quick summary, like you know any any like highlight points. But um, the biggest thing to keep in mind is the song that Halsey plays on the on the ship is say probably it. is the best. subscriber. Oh, My God. Say dude. it. Jesus, man. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: had to say it. You say it.
1: All right, so. It's, it's Romanoff uh, Piano Concerto.
0: It is retreat. not Romanoff. Ro- he does Roma- not work with Ro- the fucking script with Black Widow.
1: It's Well, uh, it's, I'm saying Romanoff so we can get through it. Uh, nope.
0: No, I'm me. not letting this go. You're not letting this go? <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the proper pronunciation? I already said it.
1: All right. So it's this song. And the reason why is because the song is difficult. Respected and even feared, and that's it is one policy. of the
0: hardest concertos on the piano to play. I, I, because you sent me those links. Remember, I was bitching about them last episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually looked into him. You know, I was, was like, man, maybe Kenny doesn't just talk out of his ass, and he says things I need to pay attention to. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what <laughs> go on, go on, what's sad?
1: What's up? Go no, no, you first. Oh, I want
0: to know what's sad. Oh,
1: dude, like all that information I had is just. Whoosh,
0: in Don't area. worry, I got you. <laughs> Forget I, it,
1: <laughs> boo <boo-boo>. boo.
0: <laughs> I took it. I took it as an, uh, as homework, but um, yeah, that's one of the most difficult um things to play on the piano. Uh, not the most, but it, it's like top five. And I, have you listened to it?
1: Yeah, I. You know, it's funny. I I realized um when I had my piano class in high school, I, I my teacher actually played it for us. So like he played Baller. a snippet of it. Like he wasn't like trying to like.
0: He wasn't trying to go hard?
1: No, you know, it's like the (laughs) intro to piano. Like, hey, when you start playing the piano, you're going to sound like this. But if you keep going, you know, like you go in and you're like, oh, shit, that could be me in a couple of years. Huh? So
0: it's bold. I was always told I need to learn how to play the piano because I have long fingers, whatever that means. I don't know what that means. (laughs) I'll tell you what
1: it means. You got long fingers and you ain't got no
0: bitches. <laughs> no, nope. no bitches. I'm just oh. over here with all these hands and none of the bitches. <laughs> um but no, I mean, but that song does kind of describe Halsey. Like it's super complicated, it's super complex, but overall it's a beautiful piece. It's a wonderful piece. It's a wonderful piece. So I'll let you I'll let you finish. I'll wait.
1: Oh no, man! That's uh, the normally because I'm about to go in because after they have that conversation, that's when she starts opening up about what they're actually doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, what it, was because
0: because yeah. you know more about Keys than I do. Um, I, I I'm super into Halsey, but what was Keys' thoughts? Obviously, the listeners don't know, but trust me, in about ten minutes, you're gonna find out. You can hold on. If you can't hold on, take your fucking Adderall. Wait, um. But what was Keyes' thoughts about that overall? Like what they were gonna go do?
1: The the well, you got to remember, Keys is a is a pragmatic, you know, lieutenant. Mm. The the best way to describe it, Keys understands what they're doing and why they're doing it, but it doesn't make it any you know any better. It doesn't. It doesn't. It still doesn't justify what they have to do to achieve it. Um, and and the biggest thing is. It's as crazy as this about this is about to sound. We sound have it. we have to we can talk about it, but we can't talk about it until we talk about um, Soren.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you're going to be taking the lead on Soren. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Soren is an enigma that I can't wrap my head around. Like, like I can read it and I can understand it. But I don't know how to portray it, if that makes sense. It's kind of like an art, like appreciating art for the first time. The first time you see a piece of artwork that doesn't just look like a doodle, and you're like, "Oh, that's pretty." How do I describe how it makes me feel? You know what I mean? Like the first, you know, like it's kind of like the first time you see saw the Mona Lisa. No, because as know, a as a child, like I could tell you, as a child, I don't remember seeing a smile on that hoe. and then have you looked at a picture of it recently of the the mona Mona lisa i know this is way off base and the listeners are gonna get upset at us but have you looked at a picture of the mona lisa like as an adult
1: i i feel i feel like maybe what was it wasn't there i think the last time i think i I took a look at an image because i didn't go all the way to fucking france to see it um, yeah. You think I got <laughs> France money? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, no, but like the last time I saw it on the internet was, I think there was, it was when that person like fucked it up, like they, they threw something or like they, they cut a piece. I forgot like what they did to it and it was like, for real? <laughs> like, oh,
0: That was like back in like, like what, 2012? Somebody tried yeah. cutting off a, like a piece of it.
1: I think, dude, that's honestly the last time I I've, I've, I've looked at the the Mona Lisa, honestly. So,
0: I had like in a medella effect and I could I remember with great distinction like because that was like the first piece of art I looked at and was like hey this is this is more than I could ever do and I, it was the first time I became fascinated with the piece of artwork and the fact it was called the Mona Lisa smile and I didn't see a smile on her face but I thought that was part of it you know what I mean like I, I thought that was part of the the story of the piece. And I looked at a, a picture of it recently. I say recently within the last year and, um, that host smiling now. All right.
1: So I'm about to, I'm about to say something and, and it may blow your mind.
0: Just Fucking please. If you're going to open this treasure box of memories, I, I'm all for it.
1: All right. So you say when you first saw it, it didn't look like she was smiling, right? Yes. How old were you?
0: Oh, young. Young, right? young dude like prepubescent
1: prepubescent okay and you saw it again as an adult yes do you think it's because as a child you looked at a picture and you looked at a picture versus you as an adult having gone through all your trials and tribulations the the picture looks like a metaphor of like depending on your day you might smile but it's a shit eating grin because you have to you know grin and bear it versus like you finally hit that moment just for just for a moment real peace and you can finally smile about it
0: no I think uh i, I don't think so I do agree with what you're saying like you know because that's kind of like the whole point of going from childhood to manhood um so I can't argue what you're saying at all but what I can argue is I remember distinctly looking at that smile and not seeing the smile like I, because it was the first time I sat there and like was quiet <laughs> Which, as you know, is hard. (laughs) It's hard to get me to do. Um, But was quiet and just, like, appreciating it. And I was taking in every brushstroke. And I remember distinctly there was no smile. And, Mm -hmm. and, like, that was part – that was – and it wasn't just like, oh, yeah, I can kind of remember it. But, like, it was part of what drew me into that piece of work, like, was the lack of smile of it. Like, that's what brought me to that point of, oh, what is this? <laughs> you know, like, and um, finding out later that there's actually art underneath of that art. Which did you know that? No, I did not say anything. She, me. <laughs> she is not the original piece. Uh, they scanned it, and underneath of her is another woman.
1: Yo, so you tell me? What she man?
0: started doing? <laughs> yeah, he started doing it and didn't finish it. And then had this new bitch come in, and then he finished the work around her. Well, ladies, you've heard it first.
1: (laughs) Ladies, you've heard it first. Damn, yo, how do it's what? What year do you know? Like off the top, if you, oh,
0: yeah, I don't. But you know what? I think we owe the viewers a side quest.
1: Oh, yeah. special lore. side quest will be a minor side quote. Holy shit! Fifteen oh three. Oh, that bitch is old. But damn, yo, they had fuckboys in fifteen oh three. All right, <laughs> <laughs> back to Halsey and keys. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah. So to because because I do want to talk about the Soren because it does um, really give us uh, an idea of what. Um, keys thought about the project so after you know halsey and keys have this heart-to-heart of like yo you ain't a snitch and that's exactly what we need for what we're about to do yeah they uh they proceed on the ship you know they they stealth it they you know they they make sure they're in the right lanes trajectories they come in low and
0: <laughs> just like me on saturday
1: hey i
0: hope oh, i'm sending and, you the right file
1: I hope so, too. It's
0: <laughs> We're going to find out. It.
1: <laughs> and so the biggest thing is this, right? Uh, the the biggest thing to consider. So once they get there, they actually get all disguised up. Like, Keyes puts on, like, a baggy suit, like a baggy brown suit. And for some reason, I, when I was, like, listening to the audiobook, I, like, picture Keyes, like, old school Miami Vice style. Running around. Yeah. This with
0: That's how I read it. <laughs> <laughs> You're not alone. That's exactly <laughs> okay, how I read right.
1: it. <laughs> I'm, glad I'm glad we're on the same page, right? So they get, so they kind of get to the school and they're, they're kind of, they're a little bit of, of far away. You know, they're doing recon and they're looking at the school. And as like the, the scene continues in the book, it moves to a giant, like, Dirt pile. If you live in South Carolina, it looks like one of those giant clay hills, right? And they noticed that there was a kid. There was a kid that he would block, he would press up on people, he would push up on like all the other boys. And this kid, he was a little bit taller than the other boys, he had freckles he 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 blonde, he, hair, this, blue blonde hair
0: blue eyes
1: blue eyes <laughs> no and it's it's more of a I got I gotta capture it right because like John and the John that we meet as a kid definitely sets the tone for the John that we all know and love he really so, does you know you, you blue eye blonde hair freckled country boy right just yeah. playing king of the hill and when John, John is from an early age, is a tactician. Like he knows what to do, and and John is over here pressing up, pushing, beating boys, and he's doing it with ease. He's doing it with a smile, right? And you know, you the the book does a good job of setting up John as a threat because even as a kid, he actually got triple teamed in the game of King of the Hill. So like three boys ran up on him, and John would. He fucking, he punched, he kicked, he bit his way out of the triple team, right? And after he breaks out of it, he actually does a tactical retreat to the bottom of the hill. And he kind of like, he kind of waits. He waits for his moment. And as soon as he sees it, he is up that hill. There is no boy in that pile that can stop him. Like no one is touching this this freckled ass kid, right? So, John is clearly king of the hill, and one of the one of the kids actually gets hurt. So a teacher comes out and is taking the kids in, and Halsey actually uses that as an opportunity to get a better reading on John. So as the teacher leaving and the kids they they continue playing, Halsey starts approaching. All the kids are horrified. They're like, oh, man. Like, you know, as a teacher, as an adult. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They thought John was
0: going to get in trouble.
1: They did. They thought he was going to get in trouble. But John stood there, you know, defiantly. He was ready for whatever was about to go down. And it was funny because when she. When she goes down to meet him. The thing that took her, like that, took her back. That was like caught her off guard. Was the fact that when she approached him and asked to speak with him, he extended and gave her a handshake, and she wasn't expecting that.
0: As a kid, as a kid, exactly. What age? What age range are we talking right now? For John, Because I want to say it was like eight. Dude, I think John. I know. I
1: think he might have been a little bit younger than that. I don't think he was eight. Or I I don't remember if they they go into his age. Well, no, no. So wait, this is twenty five seventeen, right?
0: Uh, this is yes. He was born March seventh, twenty
1: five eleven. Bro, John was six years old when Halsey gave him the coin trick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep going. Yeah. Teach yes, these so, people so, up
0: on the coin trick, because this is the most, honestly, of everything that you need to take out of this episode, what Ken Dogson goes go up through next with the coin trick is it's what you need to take away, because this right. is the most fascinating part of the story.
1: So biggest thing to keep in mind here with this, right? So Halsey approaches him. She gets the handshake and she asks John a little bit about himself. You know, what, what's he like? One thing John loves, and you guys will learn John Loves to win. He is Tom Brady and in, in God armor. The man loves to win. Some and he's good at ugly. it. He's good. <laughs> it's it's funny because that week she tells him, like, hey, um, I love Grav Ball for all you Halo fans. He loves Grav Ball and he actually hates chest. Yep. He hates it not because it's hard, he hates it because it's too easy.
0: the fucking balls the fucking balls so this is
1: john right and so halsey proceeds to to give him a test because clearly they've seen his strength they've seen his speed they've seen certain attributes right so halsey whips out a old school in the halo universe an old school earth coin known as a quarter For all you historians out there. (laughs) You piece of shit. (laughs) So she shows him the quarter. And she wants to play a game with him. She is going to. Flip the quarter in the air. John has to. Catch it. And tell her what side the quarter is on. And. John's like okay. I'll play. And I'm going to win. So. She flips it. And by the way, I do want to say, right before she does flip it, when John reaches it for the first time, she does that little trick what people do when they move the coin in between their fingers. Just for- Baller. Yeah. Because she's home, I can't do man. that,
0: I've tried it. I've tried practicing that. I've tried, I've probably dedicated 10 hours of my life to that and I can't get it.
1: It's, man, it's just one of those. It's just one of those things. So. Oh. She and she tells John, yeah, you can have the quarter if you guess it right. She flips the quarter in the air. Good height, good speed, and it is coming down. John proceeds to grab the quarter midair in his hand. Brandon, what was John's guess?
0: That I don't remember.
1: My man said he don't remember.
0: I don't remember. I don't remember what it was. Um, I'm gonna say it was he guessed heads. Well,
1: here's the thing. I don't remember either. But here's what I do know. He guessed right.
0: Oh, it was the eagle side. <laughs> it was the eagle side. It, it, it was it was tails. Because Holsey <laughs> didn't pitch it heads as tails. Because bearing in mind, or er, like real world currency, like like physical currency doesn't exist at this time period. So like, so the way she described it to him was the side with the head or the side with the eagle.
1: Mm -hmm. And he guessed eagle. He guessed it right. So that's the funny thing about it. So John passes the test. Halsey looks at him. She's like, thank you for your time. Gives him the coin and then she leaves. And then she gets back to keys. And then keys, like any normal human being. The hell was that? What was the whole point of that? Also, the whole time, just for everybody to know, Keys has been recording. Uh, They have a a recording device that they're using monitoring the children. Uh, So in regards to it, he's asking her, what was the reason? So like I said earlier, Halsey was looking for specific specific traits for the program. She was testing for strength. She was testing for speed. She was testing for aggression. And most importantly, though, She was testing for luck. And then the weird thing about it is it's not the typical, you know, hey, this person is lucky. I would say from now to where the series is, nobody will ever tell you whether or not John 117 is either the luckiest mother effer in the world or he really is just that good.
0: I would. I have something to weigh in on that matter, and it's actually lore-based. Before everybody freaks out on me,
1: <laughs>
0: um, no opinion piece. No, no opinion. Well, kind of, but it's from. <laughs> actually, it's not even my opinion. They don't know who it is yet, but I have Cortana's opinion on the matter. Ooh. So Cortana, if you remember the intro to Halo Three, Cortana said she asked John, even though she was not with John at the time. We'll get into it. Um, she was asking John if she knew or if he knew why she picked him. And the reason was because he possessed nothing or something that none of the other candidates had. And that one thing was luck as we get through this, because we're going to bring up a couple of prominent figures when it comes to the program which I know everybody's getting pissed (laughs) at this point because we keep, we keep saying the program (laughs) and not going into it. Um, I'm doing it because I I just loved blue ballsy people. Um, But like specifically John was lucky. Every one of the, every one of the subjects that I'll refer to them for now as subjects, the children, um, each one of them possessed a different, a different, very critical trait to them. John's critical trait was the luck. Because don't forget, we also had um, a critical trait with, oh, what's her name? The one that eluded. Number 87.
1: Number 87,
0: remember, her trait was (laughs) Halsey had a problem with (laughs) to put it lightly. But um, yeah, no, that's... She's a runner, she's a track
1: star. (laughs) I
0: would argue that even Cortana, who is a million times smarter than Halsey, recognize this as a trait and not just a figment uh, a figment
1: yeah no but either way as this as the series continues even you guys will be asking your, yourselves that question is he really that good or is he really just that lucky it's both it's both <laughs> oh it's 100% both oh yeah it's 100
0: you can't draw a line through that but it is what it is please proceed
1: Ah Yes, so that, ladies and gentlemen, was how a young Jacob Keys and a young Dr. Halsey met the future hero of the universe. But there is one more. There's one more character that we need to talk about, and it is a gentleman by the name of Soren 066. Now, Soren is a little bit of a sad story. And I will have to tell it in parts just because not everything is always sunshine and rainbows when it comes to the Spartan 2 program. So Soren had a very interesting upbringing. So Soren was born on a colony called uh, Dwarka, and he was born in 2511. Well. When he was born, well, when he, he you know he lived with his mom and he lived with his stepdad, you know, typical col- colony living in 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 the Halo universe. Well, it was a when 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 Soren was about six years old, right? His mom died from a disease that would infect people who were living on that colony. Well, because the issue was this, and I think it's I, I to kind of frame a, a paint a picture of it, I kind of want you to think of like the 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 jungles of Colombia. Um and just kind of like how you know there are farms out there, not even Colombia, just maybe Central South America, just how you know there are farms and like more uh jungle uh woody areas and whatnot. Well, just to paint the picture, however, when she was hit with the disease. His stepdad didn't want to take her to a hospital uh, because he was running what was known as an illegal farm. And by illegal farm, I don't mean any illicit activity. I don't mean nothing crazy. It was just a case of they happened to make their settle down on a piece of land that wasn't technically they weren't allowed to settle on. So he didn't want to get caught.
0: So. The way that you can equate that is, you know, okay, Oklahoma. You know why they're called the the, their football program, Oklahoma. mm
1: -hmm.
0: You know why they're called the Sooners.
1: Why are they called the Sooners and not the Squeakers?
0: (laughs) You know why. Um, I I hope our fans take squeakers (laughs) and it becomes a real thing. It it hit, it hit hard the first time and I'm hoping it keeps hitting (laughs) because I don't even know what it means. That's the thing. It doesn't even mean anything because we made it up on this podcast. So the day that it means something, I'm going to be impressed. I want to see what the human consciousness like. Turns it into, um, gonna, but no, it's gonna be a slur. <laughs> I, oh, a hundred percent. I just want to know who, why, <laughs> like I, that's what oh, I want to know. Um, but no, so you know they're called the Sooners, um, and, and Sooners is kind of a man. It's kind of it's hard to describe because I'm not from Oklahoma. Um, but the way it was always kind of pitched to me is it was kind of like when somebody in the South calls you honey when you say something stupid. <laughs> like, um. Go, we, say bless, we say bless, bless your, your heart. heart. There we yeah, go. Yeah. yeah, Um It's kind of like that. Um, it's kind of like a term of endearment slash insult kind of thing. Um, but Sooners were people who, when Oklahoma became settled, uh, when they when they got Oklahoma, by they I mean the United States, when they got Oklahoma and they were setting the boundaries for people to settle uh, settle in it, they set the exact date that people were could go across the border and settle it, um, but. Some people knew that the you know if you wait till that date you're not going to get a fair amount of land, so they left and went there sooner than the rest of them, and they were called Sooners. But it was illegal. So the way to equate it wouldn't be like South America to me; it'd be more like o- the settlement of Oklahoma.
1: Settlement. Of, okay. Okay, I see and, what you mean. That's huh? actually you know, you know a, what I mean.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because there's no illicit. It, it's it's against the law. <laughs> Yeah, sure, but it's not like punishable by death. <laughs> like, not only that, but who's gonna know? Which kind of would,
1: would they know?
0: And the only reason I bring it up isn't just me to fucking jerk myself off on the podcast. The reason I bring it up is because when it comes to Soren, I kind of want to give that aspect because that's going to kind of give the foreshadowing to Soren's stepfather as a whole. Is that mentality?
1: No, right, right. And just in regards to continuing the story, right? So now the the this is going to go from, hey, you know, typical family moving to a colony to, you know, tragedy due to circumstances and, you know, living how you want to live your life. Now we're going to step into a horror movie. So not every Spartan had a great life. Soren's by far was no better because after his mom passed away from the disease, well, his stepdad wasn't so quick to get rid of the body. He he was he was overtaken with like such a like a level of grief. He said that she would get better. He literally told Soren, no, your mom's fine. She's going to get better. And. He kept the body in their room for, for days. Well, at one point, stepdad does what any stepdad does. It's Goofy time or it's Miller time, and <laughs> Space we get Miller drunk.
0: <laughs>
1: hey, Sp- no, we're not sponsored. We are not sponsored. Mm-hmm. Um, Fuck no. We we don't have any sponsors. It's not like you
0: can't keep track. (laughs) We're not swimming in them.
1: (laughs) Uh, But my man was swimming in some Miller time. All right. So as he was living the high life, (laughs) Soren took the key to the master bedroom because while he kept the body in there, he kept it locked so his son wouldn't see what was going on. Well, he opens the door He clearly sees his mom decomposing and Brandon, if you were a child and you opened your master, your parents master bedroom to see a person very closely in your life decomposing, what are you going to think?
0: I'm going to think that they had something to do with it.
1: It fucking Zach So Soren does what any reasonable person would do after walking into a horror show. He came to the conclusion or he was like, yo, the man I'm living with is a
0: murderer. Not so, even my dad. <laughs> not exactly. Not even, yo. not even my real fucking dad.
1: Alright, so where do you what do you think Soren did? This six-year-old on an illegal farm with his murder potentially necrophiliatic stepfather. What did Ugh. he do?
0: So, for the listeners, bearing in mind I know nothing when it comes to Soren. I th- oh, every episode, you, every I'm episode Ken Dog and I take different <laughs> sections so that you guys can get our our honest reactions to it. Honestly, dude, I don't know because Soren's what six. He's about the same. He's he's the same age as John, right? At this Mm -hmm. time, he's six.
1: Yo, you 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 only the best of the best are Spartans. So he does the baller thing. My man gets a knife and stabs his stepdad in the area between the 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 clavicle and his neck.
0: What the fuck?
1: Stabbed, dude, man! After walking in on his mom's body, but remember, like you so, said, so my man, right
0: in the fucking artery.
1: No, he survived. No, <laughs> yes, dude, his stepdad survived the stabbing. And this now, so then the movie. So this movie went from we were in the horror stage. Now it goes from horror to survival because what after he fuck? stabs his dad and mind you he stabbed his dad with murderous intent murderous intent so he can't beat this man he can't so he actually ran into the to the to the forest into the jungle he ran in there and he would he was doing recon in the jungle he was eating Worms, grubs, berries. He was living in the trees and shit watching his stepdad the whole time. And now we're at the part of the story. I don't want to say it's karma, but it it, it definitely wraps up this chapter in Soren's life. So... It just so happens while Soren is watching his stepdad from afar in, 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 the, in the forest or the jungle, um, the jungle forest on this colony. He notices, hey, he's not looking too good. Something's up with him. And it just so happens his stepdad finally contracted the disease that his mom had. So you so... <laughs> his father actually collapsed like he drops in the middle of the field of their of their farm and Soren actually runs up on him as this man is collapsed and dying from this disease what do you think he did
0: Brandon dude I I have no idea I honestly I've, I'm still like shook, <laughs> still shook.
1: I, I will say this if you guys uh, want all the specific details. It is in that Halo novel. Um, Halo Evolutions. It's the novel with all the different short stories. Um, I do recommend it. It's a great read from beginning to end. Well, he runs up on his dad and yo, this kid got ice in his veins. Stone cold killer. Doesn't hurt him. Doesn't hit him. But clearly Soren is a Christian Bell fan because he looks that man in the eyes like Rouse Al Ghul. He doesn't say it, but I think his stepdad peeped it. I ain't going to kill you, but that don't mean I got to save you. And Soren watched his stepdad die in that field from the disease. Then he proceeded to bury, to finally bury his mom and his stepdad. Yeah, but I do want to end with this. Um, after all of this, he actually um, he actually lived alone for a couple months. He he lived alone for a couple months after burying them. And then eventually he he actually found like the closest settlement near him. And then he was put into like the system and they found a home for him. Now. How does that come in play with Halsey and Keys? Well, Soren has a very special title in, in, the, in the Spartan 2 program. So, when Halsey and Keys went to this planet, they went to Dwarka because Soren was one of the kids they wanted to recruit based on his profile and what had gone on in his life. Well, the reason why Soren is so special is because he is the only child in the Spartan 2 program to have the option of whether or not to join. I didn't know that. Yes, he was the only one that had legit permission to be like, I don't want to do this. He could have walked away at any point. He could have walked away at any point, but he was he was in he was in the foster care system. It was like, hey, adventure. You can be somebody, you know, typical, typical spiel. And he took it.
0: Now, I mean, what else does he have going for him?
1: Clearly. So how does that relate to keys, right? The, the quote. That keys had from the whole experience, from seeing John, from seeing Storin and his story, and and what Halsey was, you know, preparing to do with them. He just straight up told her, "It's an awful lot to lay on a child, even one who's growing up so fast." It it's a case of it's like he it. If what they're asking these kids to do, what they were asking these kids to give up, it the price was always too heavy. It was always too steep of a price for anybody to pay. But that's kind of where our, our story ends with Keys and Halsey's momentarily. Cause once he uh once he started kind of peeping what she was really doing and like <sighs> the moral quandaries with all that, Halsey made sure he got the boot. And we'll go into that. Yeah, I'll, I'll be bringing that up here very soon. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. Um, well, I have a couple yeah. things before we go on break because it's about time for our first one. Um, I have a couple things that I want to elaborate on, but none of them it, being dude. about Soren because I fucking bruh. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, I got get, nothing, get,
1: bro. That's that's only Soren part one. We still got part what? two. Oh, I'm not done yet. Part two. We have to get through the program a little bit. His story doesn't end here.
0: I'm so down because all I know about is the typical Kelly, Frederick, and John.
1: Yeah, man. Uh the, the book Evolutions, it did a really good job of of highlighting the other stories. Um, just because on the on the latter half, and I do remember reading Soren's story as a kid. Um, like I said, there there are consequences, there's level to these things. And Soren's story does a good job of highlighting other Spartans, but I don't want to go into it just yet So we touch
0: on it. Okay. Hey man, you fucking stop me <laughs> when it is time. <laughs> um but uh for those of you who who don't want elaboration, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. That's the whole ass point <laughs> this fucking thing. Um uh, go ahead and listen. Uh come come back in after the break but uh there are a few things with john i want to go over uh because they come directly from either the diary or one of my favorite books um ever written the fall of reach um nice. which not even as a halo book it's probably one of my favorite books ever the only the only problem i ever have with it is is pacing <laughs> <laughs> like, it is a bum rush of knowledge and you can't read it in one sitting. You you gotta fucking it, it takes about a week to get through because it's just so much coming at you. Um But I do wanna bring up um a little interaction between calls uh Halsey and Keys on the Han. <laughs> Um, And for this part, I am going to quote Catherine Halsey. We screen these subjects for certain genetic markers, strength, agility, even predispositions for aggression and intellect. But we couldn't remote test for everything. We don't test for luck. Jacob Keyes. Luck? You believe in luck, doctor? Halsey. Of course not. (laughs) But we we have 150 test subjects to consider, facilities and funding for only half that number. It's a simple mathematical elim- elimination, Lieutenant. That child was one of the lucky ones. Either that, or he's extraordinarily fast. Either way, he's fucking in. <laughs> 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 um, well, I wanted to bring that up. You know, that was them leaving, uh, meeting John. But prior to that, when Halsey first met John, um, you know, and John stuck out his hand to, to greet them. You you know what this motherfucker said while they were talking.
1: what he say dog what he say
0: so this man so Halsey um Halsey looks at him and you know says hey you know nice to meet you what are you doing and John literally looked her dead in her eyes and said winning <laughs>
1: charlie sheen is somewhere like in the halo universe like winning (laughs) yo damn it john has tiger blood
0: (laughs) yo john out here um there is something else i want to bring up with john uh because john it kind of comes off the way we're talking about him because it's hard the way you and i see him you know we see him as like the whole concept for some listeners, they have no idea who the fuck we're talking about. So I do want to kind of give the other side of John because right, he's not a brute. Um, I oh, do yeah, want to bring no, up by no means, by no fucking means. John actually has a lot of friends as a child, like two very close ones. Um, But a lot of people, whether it be from fear or respect, <laughs> I don't know when it comes to the male side. But women love John. <laughs> this dude was a womanizer at six. Um, but I want to bring that up because at the Intro to our podcast, we actually have a line from John that's used from one of his friends. Um he him one of his best friends was named Ellie. And she will come back later on in the uh in the series. I don't know if I told you that yet, Ken Dog.
1: Oh, <laughs> she, dude, if, it, if 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 I remember how she comes back then
0: Yeah, mm, Lieutenant Parissa? Yeah yep okay oh yeah we'll get there um yep. <laughs> but he had a really close friend um by the name of Ellie, and uh him and Ellie one of their favorite things to do was to sit in the tall grass in the plains outside of the town and they would literally just sit there and look up at the stars that that was like their their almost ritual like they would do it very routinely and they would just stare at the stars which is is fascinating because as six years old like yeah stars were cool but i wouldn't sit there and stare at them you know what i mean but in one interaction um they're sitting there and ellie asks john do you ever wonder what's up there i'm sorry john looks to ellie and says do you ever wonder what's up there and ellie's like what do you mean john goes maybe someone up there is wondering what it's like down here and ellie responds with i guess." Do you think we'll ever meet them? And John responds with, "I hope so." Don't you?
1: And then that's when there's a huge explosion, <laughs> and it cuts to John putting dog, his helmet back on, dog, jumping just, right back into the fray. Like, like I'm sorry, <laughs>
0: but just knowing what we know, like, fucking chills, dude. <laughs> like, oh, it gets me going. Um, another thing that you should know: um, he was also. Um, do, do, do. Hold
1: on. Hang on. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry. L- L- Ellie is not Lieutenant Parissa.
1: I, here's the thing. We could we could edit this part out. I thought Ellie gets murked. Like he finds it and she gets done in.
0: <sighs> I thought they were the same person. So, no, I'm all fucked up. Okay. So Ellie, I, was, I had my wires crossed. Ellie and Lieutenant Parissa are not the same person. They are two different women. So that's on me. Um, Lieutenant Parissa is another woman um, that was friends with John as a child. Um, Lieutenant Parissa, we don't know her first name. It's not stated anywhere that I can find. If somebody has that data, please send it to me. Um, but uh, one time, her and John were uh, at a beach. And not like a sea beach, but like a lake beach. And uh, Parissa fucked up. <laughs> she went too far and she started drowning. And John actually swam out. Brought her back and saved her life from drowning. And believe it or not, Lieutenant Parissa, she will come back. Ellie will come back as well, but in a different medium than I was expecting. Um, but Lieutenant Parissa actually has a photograph of that day. Not of the event prior to that event, of that day that her and John were at that beach and the day that John saved her life. And she is fervent that that picture is a good luck charm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but I just kind of want to give that in that John is also, he's, he's courageous. He doesn't, I shouldn't say he doesn't think before he acts, but he he's very reaction. He reacts so quickly that it's obscene that he is all around great. And another thing that I want to bring up that keys and Han didn't just walk up to him the first day that they saw him. They watched him for two weeks. And in that two weeks, Halsey States that they observed John playing with the other, uh, the other boys and John won 40 times. And all John suffered, Injury wise, from those forty wins, was a uh, was a chip tooth. Meanwhile, the other boys had broken arms and clavicles. That's
1: why the man is the goat. Goat he games.
0: Is, <laughs> he is the goat. Um. So I'm going to get into it real quick, and then we're going to go on break.
1: Oh, I do um, want to say one thing real quick because this will blow your mind.
0: No, Terry Strong.
1: Tara strong does Ellie's voice just so you really, uh, huh, dude, I told you you need to listen to that podcast. Yeah, I, told I'm, you.
0: I have to now. Now I'm fucking sold. Um, who, and that's apparent, I guess that's going to be a big thing, especially around this timeline of what's about to come up that I, I need to do my own research on. So it'll be good. Shoot me the link for it.
1: Uh-huh, uh, yeah, I'll I'll pull it up. There's a YouTube playlist for it.
0: Oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, but essentially, what's happening is I also want to bring up Halsey and Keys aren't the only ones looking for this. Um, Halsey also has a an AI called Torin who works um, aboard uh, the the Han and also is searching for test subjects as well as a couple other very trusted members of Halsey. Not the uh, they happen to be within Oni, but they're not Oni Oni. Halsey trusts them to the point of accomplishing this mission. She wouldn't trust them with anything important. <laughs> um, but they are also going about the universe searching for these uh, for these children. Um, and once they find their official 75 people that they want to bring in, I say people, bearing in mind these are six-year-old children. <laughs> um, Halsey gives the word. And we're gonna bring that up, and exactly what that means, and what the word is. Yes, it is also the bird. Um, as as soon, soon as we, we come bur- back, bur- bur- <laughs> 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 I uh, <laughs> as soon as we come back after this break. So please come back after the break of you, me, and Laura. all right welcome back everybody i hope uh well that was aggressive (laughs) you all right over the cheek yes yes (laughs) remember you
1: Uh, can hear it but they can't
0: oh no i'm leaving it in i heard it (laughs) um so welcome back everybody i hope that break was uh filled with ads because fuck do we need the money (laughs) Daddy needs to pay his due. I ain't even gonna lie to you. You come to this podcast for the honesty. I'm, uh,
1: I'm bringing this back just because. So, are you saying you stopped selling Lola Bunny pictures?
0: I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just saying I rewatched. I did. I did sit down with um, my son, and we did watch Zootopia. I'm because, good. because um, <laughs> a couple, I, I decided. You know, because do you listen to our episodes?
1: Motherfucker, I edited the last episode. No, oh, you quote.
0: know what I mean. Like, like after they're done on Spotify, uploading. Yeah, I hit
1: play. Yes. Yeah,
0: okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I listened to them. I can't recapture that Lola Bunny. <laughs> Moment. Every episode, I try and I can't recapture that moment.
1: Oh, don't! (laughs)
0: Um, Oh, number
1: one, don't go chasing the dragon, dog. Don't do it.
0: (laughs) I know it's it's my crux. Um, but I was uh, I was thinking about it the other like last week, and I was like, "What the fuck was I even talking about?" So I like put it on, and I was like, "Ah, there it is."
1: Every day, every day we move further and further from the Lord's light.
0: Do you think God stays up there because he too lives in fear of what he created?
1: (laughs) I would, yo. You people out here sucking on tones.
0: Oh, man. And that was a Spy Kids quote. Anyway. (laughs) All of my humor is just ripped jokes from the 90s and early 2000s.
1: (laughs) That makes you VH1. (laughs) Ha ha ha.
0: Fuck you. It's true though. <laughs> um, anywho, so we are picking up on Ken Dog. Correct me if I'm wrong. September 10th. Oh, this is the green light?
1: Yes, we are talking about yes because you need to talk a little bit more about Halsey and
0: Keys. Yeah. So Halsey and Keys. We'll get into it. Let me let me do it on let me start on the 10th. <laughs> Uh, so as you guys have noticed um we started um very fast and loose with the timeline where we crossed several damn near decades at a time this episode and maybe the next episode depending on how it goes um we're talking days (laughs) so bear with us there's a there's a lot in here and then we're gonna we're gonna kind of get into some of the uh, contradictory information <laughs> that uh, Ken Dog and I have because we use different resources for every, re- uh, for every episode so that way we always have something to fucking talk about it'd be boring if we read <laughs> the same shit and then we just said the same shit and parroted each other all fucking day we're not CNN um, or Fox I'll add that caveat on there too um, so we're picking Sean. up on September 10th September 10th um, Halsey is she's in orbit above reach. She's returned from her going through and checking different candidates by hand. The ones I would argue that Halsey had a hand in the more curious of the subjects. Um, And she sent everybody else for kind of the, I don't want to say she sent everybody else out for the potatoes and she focused on the steaks. Is how i would put it well how would you put it
1: i think the best way to look at it is like this right everybody has a particular car type they like some people like american some people like import some people like european you fucking weirdos um in her case halsey was all i want european cars and then she said like hey here are the people who specialize with tuners you go get those kids. It was just more of she knew which candidates she wanted to see first because, like you said, they piqued her curiosity. And it's not to speak ill of the other candidates to make no, it clear. I want to make that not. perfectly clear. Um, it's just a case of she knew which kids she wanted to talk to, and then the rest, depending on the circumstances, um, like for instance, one of the one of some of the children that they wanted to take were actual children from the soldiers of the original Orion project.
0: So, <laughs> Foreshadowing. Dum <laughs> dum dumb.
1: dumb, dumb. <laughs> so there were all kinds of kids. They were they were grabbing. So it's it's just a case of pick your poison, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Yeah, there's no right or wrong answer when it comes to it, to be honest with you. That's one, another one of the things that I, I love about this lore series is it, it's very discussion based. Very discussion based. Um, in fact, oh. um, Ken Dog, I think we should announce a couple bonus episodes before we get into to the meat and <laughs> potatoes and focus on it.
1: Um, uh, so the sides we're talking about macaroni and um, hash browns.
0: We're talking about that oh. smoked cheese macaroni, and I wouldn't say hash browns. I would say bloomin' onions. Fuck, I'm hungry.
1: I, <laughs> I panicked. I wanted to talk about like the
0: sweet potato.
1: I, I just panicked.
0: I had sweet potatoes for, uh, yesterday. Very good. Very good. But go on. <laughs> <laughs> bonus
1: episodes. Talk about it. They're not side quests. But bonus yeah,
0: episodes. no. So we are going to be doing bonus episodes because during that break, while you guys were, I don't know, fucking robbing banks or hot wiring cars, whatever the fuck it is, you guys doing breaks. Um, Ken Dogg and I talk about business related things. You know, some of us around here are fucking professionals. And... um. We discussed we are going to be doing a couple bonus episodes because the number, goddamn it, we're not going to get into it this episode <laughs> either thirty three or forty three <laughs> different stories. Thirty three, um, kind of like John and Soren um, are involved. So we're going to go through and kind of give other candidates. I'm going to keep calling them candidates for now. Uh, we're going to go through other candidates. And uh there's stories um, on some bonus episodes. There is another bonus episode I'm going to do, Ken Dog. Um, I'm going to go through, and it's going to be our first official retcon.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, we and, made it, baby. Yeah uh,
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we got to retcon some shit. I was wrong about a couple of things. Usually, I correct it live on air, but ah, I miss one every now and then. We'll do uh, a
1: whole uh, – we'll do it like a shout-outs to the uh, After Credits YouTube page or – they do yeah. the history credits where they do like, "Hey, here's everything we got wrong." Like we, we'll do one of those episodes.
0: <laughs> Pretty much, it's going to be a solid one though because there's there's about an hour that I can identify that you and I have. It, at least me, you don't have to be a part of it. But I, I, about an hour, um, there were some things about the uh, about episode two that I want to go over. We got some feedback from a quote unquote fan, not fan. Um, We got a hater. We got our first hater, everybody. Uh, The first (laughs) hater of the show. Um, And I want to read his feedback verbatim and uh, prove why he's fucking stupid. So if you want to be a part of that and uh, just be part of a petty vendetta with me, I invite you to that podcast. It will be our first retcon. It will be on the main page.
1: Is this what I think it is?
0: Oh, it's exactly who you think it is.
1: Oh, God. You don't have to be a part of it. You don't have to be a part
0: of it. I'm going to do it, though. And uh, I'll be I'll be using clips from that episode to prove how stupid that fucking idiot is. Um, I feel like you're taking
1: it way, way too personal. (laughs) Um,
0: He meant it personally. And there's a reason they sent it to a fourth party to get to me and not even me directly. No balls. (laughs) Ballsless motherfucker. (laughs) But we'll get into it on that episode. Um, so I'll get into it on that episode. Um so don't worry, it's coming. Um, we have our first hater. But we are gonna be doing retcons and we are gonna be going through a couple other candidates and their storylines. And we will be going through them in depth because a lot of them like Daisy. Do you remember Daisy?
1: No. Daisy twenty-three.
0: Oh, dude, Daisy twenty-three is a fucking badass. I gotta talk about Daisy. Uh we got Daisy, Vin, we got fucking Anton, we got Isaac, we got fucking people out. Yes, we got Kirk and Kurt who, <laughs> who I'm not gonna lie, guys, that I spent a week thinking they were the same fucking people. <laughs> Ken Dog, I, I called you because I was so distraught. <laughs>
1: it was it was your it was your number 23 your number 23 moment you were jim carrey for like yeah. a couple of days you were jim carrey because you were seeing kirk and kirk everywhere
0: you know what's really fuck? you know you want to know how i realized i was stupid in that situation I they're know numbered
1: read something oh my
0: god they're fucking numbered i could have read the fucking numbers
1: it's your, it's your undiagnosed dyslexia. That's what it is. No,
0: uh, no, I'm just stupid. We can say it. <laughs> oh god!
1: Real quick, now that I'm thinking about it, because there's there's one there is one very special Spartan that I'm thinking of, and mm. it's because they're the unofficial Spartan.
0: Is that who Daisy is? No, Daisy's Daisy's with John. He's in she's in John's class.
1: Okay, all right. So no, then the Spartan I'm I'm thinking of a different Spartan who is a Spartan, but they're not a Spartan.
0: Are you talking about? Are you talking about that bitch I
1: hate? (laughs) (laughs) She wasn't a gay.
0: I hate you, you're talking about that hoe, ain't you? <laughs> no, she will not get her own her. episode You can talk about <laughs> her, you're gonna be doing a solo cast I hate that bitch <laughs> I'm
1: a, I'm, Oh, I'm totally joking God. She's bringing brought up She's part of your unofficial 44 Since we're just throwing
0: out numbers <laughs> <laughs> Unofficial 44, I'm looking at the. I have their names and numbers You, you ass I can send them, you have them <laughs> They're in the drive <laughs> You have the same list I have <laughs> oh fuck off anywho god <laughs> Jesus we're not even Christ.
1: gonna get through like the second mission we're not gonna get through <laughs> shit that's already oh god continue oh. proceed
0: <laughs> okay so September 10th Halsey's floating in space on her ship and uh, Deja asks her what um, you know what she's thinking about And Halsey basically responds that she's thinking about, you know, what they're about to go through. Um, She questions her morality of the event, but she doesn't put anything to pen and paper. She does later on. We'll get to that. But she goes ahead and she gives Deja the go ahead, the green light to begin Spartan 2. And what happens is. Oni Operatives. Then begin to go through and abduct 75 children from their homes, foster cares, wherever. They abduct these 75 kids that Halsey identified as candidates and starts bringing them back to reach. All of these 75 children are replaced With, if you remember last episode, we talked about Halsey and her little pet projects.
1: (laughs) While she's getting coffee and buying diaries.
0: (laughs) Uh, Man, we're getting continuity. We're getting good at this. Um, Sure. They replaced them all with flash clones of that abducted child, knowing full well that chances are they're going to die. Those flash clones.
1: Well, weren't they uh, weren't they purposely made to die so that way it wouldn't be no questions at all?
0: No, they were not. Oh,
1: that's even worse.
0: (laughs) No, they were not made to die. That's just a side effect of that's why they're called flash clones and not pure clones. So flash clones, yeah, because they not only are they gone in a flash, but they're also quickly produced, and that's why they were chosen to do this. Is because worst case scenario, the yes. It was kind of a win-win. Even in the worst-case scenario of the clone, Oni still wins in the fact that nobody's going to question what happened to that kid, because that kid's dead. They have a death certificate for that child. Best-case scenario, it's a clone of that original child. So it takes the role of that child, thinking that it is the child of those parents, and lives the life. It's it's about if I had to give you percentages off the top of my head, and I don't have any basis for this, but off the top of my head, just for the the listeners, it would be um, probably seventy five percent chance of death, twenty percent chance of them becoming disabled in some sort, whether it be from like early onset Alzheimer's or mental disease. And then uh the remainder of the percentage gone to like actual successful living.
1: I just want to say you know how like the level of of fuckery to kidnap a child and then to give somebody the exact ex, exact same copy of said child
0: memories off
1: like i'll Alice uh you remember you the game soma this is exactly soma right here I didn't know you played uh, soma. Bro, I'm an intellectual. I'm <laughs> dumb, but I'm an intellectual.
0: I'm dumb, uh, but I'm not stupid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he gets it, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm more pissed off at the fact that this this government, this universe-wide government, damned a bunch of people financially.
0: Well, here's the I, thing: it's all a numbers game. And when Oni is thinking about it, they're not thinking of kids and families, they're thinking about it by the numbers. So you just had how many millions just died last episode? Ten.
1: Only eight eight eight,
0: eight
1: it, nine, I, not crazy. You know. It's crazy.
0: That was the last episode. How many of the episode prior?
1: About like ten. 10 <laughs> the,
0: you see where I'm getting with it. So when we're talking we're talking a couple million dead from unnecessary I shouldn't say unnecessary but from war every couple of years what's 75 do when you have the chance it's kind of like by the numbers you remember that uh, that that drawing where it's uh a guy standing by a train post and you know the train's going down the track and it'll either hit this one person or you can or it's going to hit three people Or you can pull the lever and the train will go over and hit just one person. Would you pull the lever? It's that. It's only thinking about this of 75 people secure the fate of millions is totally worth it. And that's something that like morally we kind of have to subject ourselves to and question. And honestly, even Halsey questions it. Very, all the time like her diary is her diary is, as well as um the fall of reach is just riddled with i won't say guilt but i will say questions that halsey doesn't have the answer to and it pisses her off because she is the smartest person she knows and she can't even answer like if what she's doing is the right move it's the only chess game she's ever played where she's not sure of her next move and it's uh, on do a wanna, galactic scale.
1: Ooh, I do want to interject real quick. Um, if you ever want to see the actual trolley decision, like played out with real people, uh, look up Vsauce, uh, look up Mine, Minefield. I believe that was the show. His YouTube premium show. There is a legit episode where they got with specialists, psychologists, and they set up a, a fake trolley, Simulator and people had to make the actual decision, and it is crazy.
0: If you like that, watch the Push. I'm telling you, it'll blow your (laughs) fucking mind. It is the most mind blowing thing I've ever watched about how people can just fall for it. Uh, Just just watch it. Come back to me. It's on our watch list. It's it's on the Yumi and Lore watch list. The the Push, (laughs) (laughs) not Push, not Push. That's a different movie. Don't watch it. It's bad. The Push is good. (laughs)
1: and real quick when we wrap up you mean you got to talk about a certain british movie
0: i'm excited because i don't watch anything foreign i'm all about american made (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding no i'm down um but going into it so there i'm not going to go into too much of the other candidates um i will bring up that halsey has made special notes about especially specifically about number 87, Uh, number 87 being Kelly. She managed to elude uh, her captors for six hours. Six whole ass hours. A six-year-old made fools of Black Ops units of Oni. (laughs) 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 Um, Kelly is a recurring character as well. For the next couple episodes, she'll make a hiatus and then she'll come back. So this is the reason why I want to bring her up. I want to bring up John's flash clone. So John gets abducted and it's actually a sad scene. There is, um, you can see a picture of it. Um, If you Google John 117's abduction, you can see a picture uh, straight from the lore of John being abducted. and It is the saddest thing. Like to, it, it kind of brings you to the view of like, these are innocent children. They're innocent. They have no idea what's about to happen. They didn't, outside of Soren, <laughs> they they didn't sign up for this shit. Um, but John's uh, flash clone, it, it it pretty much only lives a few days. It, it it's almost instantly dead. Um, it it's listed. Uh, the death certificate is provided very soon after the flash cloning. Oh, they know. Yeah, man. Oh, they knew. Um that I'm going to jump forward a few days because it does take a while <laughs> bearing in mind this is going through the whole galaxy of them abducting these 75 children. Um on September 16th, there're still kids coming into the facility. There's a few there, not all of them are there. They're all kind of wondering what the fuck's going on. Um this is about 6 days after the abductions for a few of them. Um, Dr. Halsey and Keys part ways. And Halsey writes that it's for his protection as well as the protection of the program. Um, she requested, specifically requested his reassignment but gave no, Oni no reason as to why he should be assi- reassigned. Just said, reassign this motherfucker. Um, I don't know if it was Halsey's morality, because at this point, this is a... I don't want to say, like, everybody feel bad for Halsey, uh, you know, fuck the kids, feel bad for Halsey. I, I, but Halsey is having a, a crisis of morality for these two weeks, two whole ass weeks. She's having a crisis of morality. I do believe that part of her reassigning keys was to spare him from having the same dilemma that she's currently under. What do you think, Ken Dog?
1: No, that's exactly it, and I think the the other thing too is um, Halsey is a very what pragmatic person. I guess is the best way. To
0: best it. way to put it. Best way.
1: Right, and the the thing about love is it makes you fucking soft. So clearly, yo, she knows what she had to do. She's she couldn't keep because the thing is. You can tell by Keys' opinion, even with the Soren situation, it's hard not to feel for these children and know for the fact that I listen. We're about to ruin their lives in ways they can't even imagine. So it's a case of when you start developing feelings for people and all that, you know, you 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 tend to find that more nurturing side. And and for what they were about to kick off, you you it got to be nothing but steel and brass and cold ice mm-hmm. yeah so no i would i would i would have told playboy thanks for everything and peace out but i got to do this
0: i agree with you 100% um the next real date is september 23rd of
1: 2517
0: getting mm-hmm. close oh God. we are at FleetCon. Com- Fleet we, we are at the corner <laughs> um on September twenty third, twenty five, seventeen, all of the candidates are assembled. They are all there. All seventy five of them. Um, there are there is one of note that did elude capture entire, entirely. Um, but we're not going to go into that one. That one will be a bonus episode. Um, on the September twenty third, twenty seventeen, Halsey is informed that all seventy five candidates are there. And um, Deja is the one who informs her. Um, it's not in, in person. Deja, the little AI, comes up and you know says, Hey, all the kids are here, and asks um Halsey what her next move is like, what would you like to be done? And uh, at 2300 hours, uh, Halsey. I'm sorry. Well, a little bit before 2300 hours, but about 2230 hours, Halsey begins a a diary log with Deja. And in that diary log, uh, Halsey basically expresses regret. I'm not going to go through the whole log, but she basically expresses regret for everything that she has done and everything that she is about to do. She basically questions her morality. She starts to question if she's even a human ever anymore. Um, That's how like this really struck her like she's starting to question you know she's she's always been a scientific person like a equals b (laughs) b equals c and uh this this really hit hit her in a way that she was not anticipating and at the end of the log deja um begins to file it under her encryption so that way she only she could access it and halsey tells her to scrap it instead delete it from all records and tells deja to forget it ever happened Um, because at 2300 hours, Halsey assembles with Chief Petty Officer Franklin Mendez, who (laughs) may as well get his own bonus episode as well. Um, Chief Petty Officer Franklin Mendez is going to be the drill instructor for these children. Uh, They assemble in front of the kids and they begin to tell them in quote indoctrination phase one. Um, what is about to happen to him. I would like to note that Deja recommended heavily to Dr. Halsey to lie to the kids and make them feel like superheroes and Halsey told Deja to fuck off and that she <laughs> she um and the reason why is I don't know if it was a matter of like her protecting her sanity but Halsey tells Deja to fuck off, and she at least owes these kids who she's kidnapped and is about to put through the worst things imaginable. We're not going to get into all of them this episode, but it only gets worse. (laughs) Um, But she tells Deja, like, they at least know they at least need like are owed to know why this is happening. They are owed that at the very fucking least. So she disregards Deja, and they meet in front of the seventy-five candidates, and um, she expresses to them what their new mission is. She tells a whole a whole group of six-year-old children, and this is going to be a fact. Ken Ken and I argue about because we have once again differing information. Um, in my side, these kids are asking where their moms and dads are, and they are not understanding everything that the doctor is saying to them, and um, it's sad, man. It's really sad. Like it, it's fucked up. Like these these seventy five kids are basically asking where their moms and dads are, and Halsey's telling them that this had to happen for the sake of humanity which they don't fucking know what that means they're kids
1: you know what's funny there's a whole there's a whole naval code that that literally gives halsey permission to to be like hey we're conscripting you guys into an mm-hmm. army <laughs> mm-hmm. it Is what it is
0: it is what it is man um but even then, when that code was written, was that written about six-year-olds?
1: It was no, the, that, that was made specifically for the Spartan 2 program. So oh, the answer is yes. You're talking about that one. I was talking <laughs> yeah. about the
0: one that talked about the colonial military, uh, the CMA.
1: Oh, no, I'm talking about the one that's like, yeah, dead ass, oh. we're going to kidnap you. <laughs> yeah this gives us
0: (laughs) yeah that's that's a fucking thing um I do want to note that one child was very enthusiastic about it um he's not named um but the one child asked if he was there to save everybody fighting and killing each other the six year old
1: hey man some kids get it some some kids get it the uh Real quick, a little just to paint a little picture, y'all. Y'all may have heard me yell out Com! in the beginning. <laughs> well, that is the location that they are. So, first of all, they're in reach. And one thing we didn't really highlight, when we say that they abducted these kids, I want y'all to kind of have like an 80s uh montage, like just think of like the 80s Scarface mm-hmm. montage of push it to the limit, where they <laughs> they were out here snatching kids up. And I'm talking about UPS on Christmas time express delivery. They were they would kidnap the kids and make sure automatically right through slip space to reach. No introduction, no like, no interruptions, no stops. The minute they got grabbed, they're already going through infant, infidential, or infantile dimensional dimensions.
0: Well, some of most of them, not all, but most of them were. Um, but he went to sleep, and he just woke up there. Like, no goodbyes, no nothing. Just welcome to Fleetcom.
1: So, for all you people who played Skyrim, it's the the first mission with the uh, Brotherhood. Is <laughs> the best the way X. to describe it. Um, also, I do want to mention one thing. The reason why I want to emphasize Fleetcom is. This is on Reach. Reach is going to play a huge part for the series, for the game, but most importantly, it plays a huge part for the Spartans. Uh, But this place was... It had barracks, firing ranges, obstacle courses. There was an airfield. um, Had a bunch of underground facilities. There was an amphitheater. uh, And the... They said that the this place was so fortified that can it could withstand the equivalent of eighty megaton uh, eighty megaton nuclear blast. So, this place had everything you needed more to train a couple of children into future protectors of the universe.
0: Yep. Um. So she basically briefs all these kids. I don't. I don't want to harp. I, I think the point's been made. Um, mm-hmm. it's she, camp time. <laughs> she, she basically briefs all the kids and she has Mendez there. Cause Mendez is going to be the guy who's primarily in charge of training these children to become soldiers. Um, and she instructs, uh, Deja and Mendez to, uh, escort them to their barracks and, uh, feed them and then put them to bed. <laughs> like, uh, So bearing in mind, like some of these kids have been here for a fucking like 10 days at this point without any kind of interaction whatsoever outside of somebody bringing them food. And then they get this fucking bomb dropped on them and right to bed. (laughs) Go to sleep. (laughs) Okay, so you're here to save the world. Night night. Um. I don't have anything else until September 28th. Do you have anything in between there, Ken Dog?
1: It's funny you asked that question if I have anything. Because September 24th ooh, is boot camp time. Boot yep. camp! Boot camp! So, real quick, just so you guys know, after Halsey gives them the speech and lets them know, like, you guys have been you know, conscripted welcome to the army. They actually sent everybody uh, to bed. Uh, they gave them like a nice little meal and all that. But first day of training was September 24th, 2517, ladies and gentlemen. So they are wakened by a man by the name of Franklin Mendez. Now, I don't want to go too, too deep into Franklin Mendez, uh, but he is a highly decorated officer in um, in the UNSC, he enlisted at the age of 16 with his parents' blessing. Um, he was involved with naval special weapons. Uh, from then on, he did, he did a couple other things. A lot of his records are actually classified, or a lot of the missions he went on. Uh, he did fight in some of the worst insurrectionist battles in the Eridanus system. And he is regarded to be the best, uh, I believe, uh, close quarters fighter in the Navy so with that being said so they have this badass man as their instructor so he wakes the kids up and he tells them go ahead get up go take a shower We're about to get started for the day now Brandon we have conscripted 75 six-year-olds <laughs> and we are we've awoken them in the middle of the morning at 05 30 And we are telling them to take a shower. What do you think happened to the ones that was still trying to collect themselves and figure out what was happening?
0: Oh, I bet you. I bet your fucking dollars to know So they got fucked up. Exactly.
1: Now, if you picked up on my man's last name, it is Mendez. Now, what do we know about Mendez? Mendez is Spanish. So if you are a Spanish, (laughs) if you are a Spanish man or come from a Spanish upbringing, when your mom tell you to go take a shower, you don't think twice about it. So, Mendez proceeded to whip out the electric baton, and my man was like, don't ask questions, just do. <laughs> so, a couple kids get zapped up, right? Well, everybody gets into the shower. Um, I believe each kid is provided, you know, attire, workout attire, one whatnot, a uniform. And then, you know, they go, they do their usual PT. Uh, PT consisted of leg lifts, uh, squats, push-ups. Uh, Sit ups, jacks, um, about a hundred reps of all of those. They did about a hundred reps. So th- it's funny to think about because I was like, "Wow, not only did these kids get extensively trained, they got the one punch man training every day." Uh, <laughs> so-
0: you know what? So you and me are doing. Maybe you'll get to sh- uh, maybe you'll get your shit together. Which I, I mean, it's kind of like sober October, but for our podcast, and it takes place, you know. <laughs> <laughs> in a time that makes sense because <laughs> october it, what are you getting ready for winter hibernation <laughs> like, like it doesn't make any fucking sense so we're doing ours early in the year we're doing maybe you'll get your shit together uh, where we're not spending any frivolous money in may we're eating healthy i already have salad shit ready to go um we are ex- i'm exercising are you gonna be working out you better say yeah. yes. You're live yes, on air. Yes, okay, yes, but God, the yes. whole principle is to like get our bank account right, get our bodies right, and uh, get ready for you know the rest of the year. I think that should be our workout routine, Ken Dog. For maybe you'll get your shit together.
1: I'm gonna send you a video. We'll we'll talk about it we're gonna we're gonna talk about i've done it
0: just, this before like what what was just said i've done this before it sucks like i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna say it's easy like like i'm not gonna sit here and be like oh yeah man we're gonna we're gonna fucking go right through it especially now that i'm fat <laughs> like, um
1: hear me I, out just just hear, hear me out it's just i my schedule is gonna be a little hard that's it so Oh, welcome. Welcome to the fucking real world,
0: jackass. <laughs> Nobody else's <laughs> like, schedule is hard. Like, I can wake up with a toddler every fucking morning at fucking exactly zero six hundred hours. Like, do you think I want to be a part of that?
1: Fuck no. <laughs> like, I ain't trying to do a hundred squats before fucking work.
0: <laughs> well, guess what, dude? Guess what? We do. I'm doing it. You can fucking be a part of it, or I guess you could take the easy way out. I mean, it's up to you, man. Like I'm gonna be doing the right thing. If you want to do your own thing, that's cool. All right, (laughs) but
1: I like settle for like fifty, but like a hundred. Like fuck, man. I still got. All right,
0: tell you you what. Tell you what. We'll start with fifty. Even I mean, six year olds did it. But I guess if you can only do half, we'll do fifty.
1: Oh, clearly, yes, <laughs> uh, absolutely. <laughs> you remember when you were six? A perfect. No, no, I don't. Endless amounts of energy. <laughs> there was nothing you couldn't do at
0: six. I have a two-year-old right now, and let me tell you, he's full of energy, but if I try him to do, try to get him to do anything he doesn't want to do, it is an immediate meltdown. That dude will do 100 leg kicks one at a time as he's on the ground <laughs> screaming how he wants gummies.
1: <laughs> like- uh, there we go. No, dude. I, I played at the the playground with my my goddaughter a couple months ago.
0: I Did, know. did you have an oh shit moment? Did you have an oh shit <laughs> yeah. moment,
1: bro? Even even if I was in in good health, mm. even if I was in good health, playing with her whooped my ass.
0: That's like my that. daily. <laughs> <laughs> That's my every fucking day. <laughs> Tell you what, we'll, oh, do, no. we'll, we'll do half. Is we'll do half is for the Zutopia. first week, and then and then we'll talk about it.
1: All right, deal. deal.
0: I think it'll be a nice little thing because you and I are gonna run out of content pretty quickly for side quests <laughs> if we don't do. Maybe we'll get our shit together because everybody's gonna get tired of my same four jokes.
1: <laughs> oh, man. You need to spice it up,
0: but uh, I'm not done. I'm white. I don't have any spice.
1: <laughs> yes, you do. You like mayo. Mm. All right. I do
0: want to bring a point to what you said about Mendez, though. Hispanic yeah. fucking drill sergeants are the hard asses of the military.
1: <laughs> really, <laughs>
0: dude? I shit you not. Like, like, um, like when I was in basic training, like we had, uh, I had one black drill uh, drill sergeant, one white one, and one Hispanic one, and I was scared of the Hispanic one. The black one was fucking massive. He was like six foot four, fucking built dude when i tell you he was built i mean like imagine a bodybuilder now put him in a uniform like (laughs) uh the white one was like your old school fucking like hard ass like it's hard to describe like imagine desert storm hard ass um Uh, what's uh what's a
1: fucking dude man's name are you talking about uh, generation uh, kill i think generation kill he was also in um What's the one with Neil Diamond? Oh, what's that movie with Neil Diamond?
0: I have no idea, but I do know that this guy, he was a hard-ass, but he was like um, Soren's stepfather hard-ass. He wasn't like hard-ass like the dudes I'm talking about, the Hispanic one. He was built normally. He didn't even have dad bod, but he wasn't built either. He was just like, meh, built <laughs>
1: What? Oh, yeah, dude, that's the thing about Spanish people. They look mad, and then you'll see a dude lift up a whole fucking truck. Dog! I see <laughs> it. No, you don't have to say He flipped mad, an entire no. bunk
0: bed. He flipped it with one hand. I don't even think he had his whole hand on it. He had, like, three fingers. He flipped it because it wasn't made right. Like, I was terrified of that dude, man. <laughs> that dude scared the shit out of me. To, to this day, I think about him. He lives rent-free. <laughs> like, I don't even know his last name because I didn't bother to ask him when he asked when he said what he was, he didn't say it a second time.
1: <laughs> like, Bro, fucking Mendez.
0: <laughs> but anyway, I just want to give credence to what you said because dog, you triggered you triggered me. <laughs> I had flashbacks.
1: Oh man. Alright, so <laughs> so. They're getting their PT done after PT, they actually have to go to school. Now, just like typical um basic training, and then also in your case, I think AIT Brandon. Um,
0: you know, you're your Oh, you went through OSUT? Yeah, I'm not I went through OSUT because I'm not a rookie bitch. Doc new you, Poga come at me. I'm a filthy civilian.
1: Anyway, so they have to jog everywhere. These kids are jogging into class. But this is their inaugural class. So, and, and so Deja led all the classes. Deja covered English, math, science. I don't know why I was about to say the arts. This is reached. There's clearly no art program.
0: I would argue um, that Deja would have went through the arts because... Um, the mil- the entirety of the military is based on the arts. Not like classical arts, but military science is based off the arts. Like even today, even in nowadays, we use classical um military techniques, like the pincer all the time. Hmm. <laughs> like it is like 101. So I would argue that Deja did go through the arts Hi, only damn. be only because you need that extra. To become effective, you need that extra way of thinking. That outside-of-the-box creative thinking that a couple of the candidates are going to show here in a little bit.
1: Well, I like it, Picasso. All right, so they get to class, Deja's showing them the ropes. However, there's a particular video for their first lesson that Deja showed them. Two girls, one Brandon. cup. Jesus. <laughs> Yo, they're <really> traumatized <laughs> enough, man. Good lord. Oh, uh, God. That, somebody posted the BME Pain Olympics on Reddit today. I was like, not, not today. The,
0: the real one or the fake one?
1: No, the real one. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah.
0: Because I've so, seen the fake one making the rounds here recently.
1: No, this is the real one. I'm like, oh, I remember that as a kid.
0: God, dude, man. The internet was not safe in the early 2000s.
1: It it clearly, it clearly It was like,
0: here's a cool little panda out of nowhere. Here's the dude getting his head chopped off with a machete. Like the early 2000s internet was wild.
1: Well, I'll tell you what was wilder. This history lesson. Because Deja went through. Video of a particular group of, uh, of Greeks, Spartans. Where I believe they were called Spartans, and they were fighting against these these Persian Persian soldiers at a little place called Thermopylae. Is that? Is that? That's you know, it's a little thing. I don't think it's like a
0: big big deal. I've I've never heard of it. Nor did I talk about it at all in the last episode.
1: Oh. <laughs> also there's one Oh, thing I, I had m- it
0: wrong though. I said Prussians. I meant Persians in the last episode.
1: <laughs> you said Prussians, really?
0: I said Prussians, yeah, dude. I went and I listened to it while I was mowing the lawn and I said Prussians. I meant Persians. Huh. Yeah, no, oh. nobody called me out on it either. Like uh fucking everybody was like good episode. I think everybody, I
1: think like, everybody, everybody knew, <laughs> knew what you were talking about. It was implied. Like he can't speak, but we know what he's saying.
0: And everybody was like, Yo, he's kinda dumb. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we'll, <him> pass. <laughs> well, so it's funny, right? There's there's one highlight that happens in class, and it involves John. <laughs> so, yo, this 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 little this little dude is eating crackers, right? And he's still hungry. Yo, no tell finger. me why? Tell me why this man steals the girl next to him? He steals her, her crackers, <laughs> yo. <laughs>
0: You know what's (laughs) fucked up? Because I was doing some reading in this as well, and it's mentioned in um, what I listed earlier at the beginning of the episode for references. So you know how John Mm -hmm. stood uh, The way it is phrased is John stood a head above the other kids in his class. However, in this... Because by now, welcome, everybody. This is called the Spartan 2 program. We made it. Um... In the Spartan Two program, John's not the John's not big, <laughs> like at all. He's actually kind of one of the runts of the group. Outside of the girls, he does stand above the girls, but when it comes to the other boys in the class, John's a runt.
1: Oh yeah, man! Especially after the the experiments.
0: Yeah, oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, you're telling me John Man stole another girl's crackers.
1: Yeah, my man went like completely elementary school and stole. It. I mean, I get it. They're hungry, and I, he's I'm pretty six. sure he, he's six. And you can attest to it. I'm pretty sure they didn't really give you guys. They gave you guys enough food, but not like uh, enough to be like, "Oh, I'm full."
0: <sighs> it's hard to tell, man, because like you only had X amount of minutes to eat it all. So, for those of you who don't know, I don't talk about it a lot because, of N- <laughs> um I found out that I was under an NDA. <laughs> that was a cool realization um that i can talk about actually Ken Dog. that one's cool um and
1: food (laughs) yeah i can talk about food that's not under the nda
0: (laughs) so it turns out i can't talk about actual missions i was on xyz but like Mm. military experience i can talk about so for those of you who are wondering why we kind of like dodge around me being in the military (laughs) because we had no idea how to go around the nda i signed um but no so they gave us food man and actually Basic training is weird, um, and and that's kind of what these kids are going on. So I'll I'll speak on my behalf, and everybody can kind of take it and relate it. But um, mil- uh, basic training is weird. So I joined the military at 145 pounds. I was a stick. I was six foot, 145 pounds. I was a fucking stick. Um, I walked out of basic training at 165 pounds i gained 20 when I, when I say basic training i went through osa osa it stands for one station unit training that basically means your basic training and your ait which is your advanced individual training um those are combined into one thing um uh i went through and i gained 20 pounds dude um it, one i was a fucking uh lazy motherfucker when i joined so i had no no muscle mass (laughs) zero percentage of muscle mass (laughs) like i was skin and bone uh but i also wasn't any fat like i was i was nothing i was absolutely nothing um so it's weird to say because when you join when you're underweight you gain muscle mass so you gain weight because muscle weighs more than fat but when you join and you're overweight you actually lose weight because you're losing all that fat. Yeah. So I, I I get it. I get where these kids are coming from, especially John, who like he's not the biggest of the class. Sure. But if you put a whole bunch of giants together, one of the giants is going to be smaller than the others. Like, he's still a fucking giant. <laughs> um, so, yeah, John had a lot of calories. He was burning because he has a lot more work to do to lift those fucking legs up than some of the smaller people so i can see it, especially being at six where you don't you don't really know right from wrong at that point so i could see it but yeah no i get it no
1: but that's perfect because it actually seg segues us into the next thing so typically after the children are done with class and they're done with deja Mendez likes to take them for extracurricular activities. They get to go to the playground, also known as the maze. And by I, what I mean by going to the playground is you need to leave class, go on a 2-mile run, and then you will arrive to the playground. Now, what do you believe This playground look like couple slides, jungle gyms, uh, seesaws and swings. Absolutely not. No. So the playground is an area that has uh, multiple platforms that are connected by bridges and pulley systems. There's like tons of poles. Uh, It's also it's also created in a way where it's a bit of a complicated maze as well. So when the Spartans first pull up to the playground, Mendez informs them that they are going to play a game. And the game is called Ring the Bell. And this is what they did in their in their first day of training. So like any any normal kid John, they they all asked. All these kids asked, well, uh, the goal of the game is they need to to climb up this this pole or the system and ring the bell. And the kids wanted to know what was the prize. So the prize for the kids in question was a delicious roasted turkey covered in gravy. Oh, shit. With a side of mashed potatoes, corn on the cob, and then for dessert, brownies and ice cream.
0: You're fucking with me. Yeah. Kid. I will kill another man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even in it. <laughs> and I would kill like, another man. <laughs> I, I,
1: I know you like the little son. of like, man, the kids are real hungry. John's stealing crackers.
0: Man, it's oh. almost like we set that up <laughs> looking at you, potential fucking advertisers. Please come help us. <laughs> Nailed it. So,
1: and Mendez was like, well, since you guys wanted to know there's a prize, well, there is also a consequence. So the la- the team to come in last gets no dinner. Zero. So Mendez immediately tells the kids, okay, I want you guys to line up in rows of um of three. And he counts them off, and that and that's how each kid is specifically with a team. John gets t- he gets teamed up with Sam. Excuse me, Samuel mm-hmm. for some of you. Samuel 034 for some of you. And then <laughs> <Thank> Kelly. <you. laughs> Kelly zero, zero, 007. <laughs> Speed Demon Kelly. So, I want to make this clear. When John got put on the team, he was not ecstatic. Nope. He was not ecstatic. Like, Kelly and Sam were ready to make a plan, and John's words to them were, don't slow me down. (laughs) (laughs) So, and once the game started... John took off. And he I mean, he he flew like a bat out of hell, right? So John is is dodging obstacles. He gets to a certain point. He figures out what is the, the direct path he needs to get to ring the bell. He figures it out and he gets there. He he beats other teams. He, he dodges and ducks, dodges other kids and he gets to this pulley system. And he has to literally climb up this this rope by himself to to ring this bell. So John's beating the odds. He's gotten past people. He's, like, watching kids following his strategy, kids finding other strategies. He sees fucking Sam and Kelly in the back trying to figure out their lives. And he's, like, what a bunch of lames. And for a moment, as he keeps climbing, getting closer and closer and closer to the bell... He looks down, and he actually almost loses his grip on the rope. And it for a moment, that was just for a moment in John's life. He had a little bit of fear. Just for a moment. So John makes it to the top, baby. He rings that bell. One, two, three. And also, I do want to clarify, the, the rope that the kids have to climb to ring the bell, there's also a pole on it. So once the kids are done ringing the bell, they'll actually grab and slide down the pole. Well, John and his triumphant return. John is the first person, by the way. He is the first guy to go in there and ring the bells. He goes to Mendez, you know, all, you know, Big Daddy, like, yo, I'm that dude. Just so (laughs) you know, like, just smile and let Mendez know, like, I am that guy. And Mendez is like, word. And by word, Mendez doesn't say a word. He just kind of looks at John and is like, okay. Checks John off. Well, everybody starts coming in. All the different teams are trudging on, and everybody's getting their meals. John's still, you know, triumphantly, like, oh, look at them losers. Look at them at. And it just so happens that. John's teammates are the last ones to ring the bell and and come to the finish line. It is there that Mendez informs them of the the true purpose of this game. Brandon, would you like to
0: speak on that part? So Mendez is a calculating motherfucker and Mendez will get his own episode because I don't want Mendez to seem harsh without reason. Mendez's whole point in this was to teach teamwork and Mendez's Mendez proceeded to tell everybody you finish as a team or you don't finish at all. Meaning while John was the first one to get through it, his team finished last. And for that, his team finished last, meaning John finished last. And this would this would serve a very critical moment in John's learning. Because John never... I'll give him this. John learns a lot of hard lessons, but he never has to learn them twice. I want to bear in mind, Kelly, Kelly087, is the fastest, not only person, but also Spartan among the program. Meaning... If you were to take her against anybody, any human in the universe, she will beat them in anything when it comes to speed. She has the fastest reflexes, the fastest hand-eye coordination, as well as the fastest speed, raw speed of anyone. To include the other candidates prior and post the thing we'll talk about in an episode or two. Um the only reason Kelly finished last was because she was helping Sam the entire time. Unfortunately, without a second person to help, she could only do so much. So while uh, John was sitting there fucking smiling ear to ear thinking he won, Kelly was fucking putting the work in to try to get Sam across the line. Which Sam isn't slow. I don't want to make Sam seem like he's inferior in any way. Um, But yeah, so while that happened, John is informed, guess what, motherfucker? You're last place. You don't eat.
1: And also, I do want (laughs) to make it clear, after, after Sam and Kelly returned and they figured out they were not getting supper because of that asshole... Uh, They proceeded to hit him and let him know if he pulled that shit again, they would F him up.
0: I will will say this, though. John did try to make it right. And the second time, the second time. Well, no, even the first time. So it is actually written that John actually went and protested to Mendez saying that only he should be punished because he was the only one who did something wrong. John quickly realized the whole point of this was teamwork and he failed the teamwork. So he protested to Mendez saying uh Kelly and um uh Sam should still be able to eat. If not the turkey and everything else, at least be able to eat because he's the one who fucked up.
1: Mendez said, no, nah, Shorty. Nope.
0: Uh, you can't you can't have any give like, you can't have any leeway. You have to set that stern tone. So I do want to point that out about John as well. Is like it was a hard lesson to learn and he immediately tried to backtrack. <laughs>
1: Well, John does get redemption y'all. He does get his redemption. So they they do this regular routine. They wake up, shower, workout, class, go to the playground. The playground is it, the playground becomes is it, one of those constants in their lives. So the second time around, when they get back, the playground is always being updated. It is always being changed. It is never the same anytime the kids go back. So the second time around, they uh, they added more bridges, uh, more, more poles. I believe they actually made the bell actually a little bit more higher um, as well. And for this game, Instead of, like, running off like John did the first time, he was going to work with his team. So before the game even started, everybody got in place, and John is visualizing where they need to go. And he figures out there's a point right down the middle that if him, Kelly, and Sam can can reach it. Also, I want to clarify. When I say Sam, I am talking about Samuel. <laughs> I just want to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> 034. We're still talking 034. Um, if they're gonna get to that to that carriage, and if with all three of them, they should be able to pull their way to the top of the pole and ring the bell. Now, initially, John does take off, Kelly's with him, and Sam's with him. However, John is in team mode. So when he gets to the trolley that they're going to use to pull off, he's actually fighting off the other kids
0: mm-hmm. so that
1: Sam and Kelly can get there because some other children also realize that was the quickest way up the up the up the flagpole to the bell. So clearly these children are not dumb, and there's also multiple children trying um, different bridges. There are actually other trolleys as well that reach the bell, so there's multiple different um, solutions being provided, right? Well, they manage to fight off all the kids and get themselves inside the, the trolley. And then they are just they're pulling. They are pulling themselves up. And it's, it's fairly difficult. And they're, they're starting to get winded. They're starting to get tired. And then they realize the issue is they're not pulling on the rope as a team. They're still pulling on as individuals. So as soon as Sam, John, and Kelly get in sync and they're all pulling at the same time, they fly up the pole. So John redeems himself. They win the game, but they actually placed third. They didn't win first, but they placed third um, this time around. But it definitely showed, showed John's growth and all that, as well as this is also when him, Sam, and Kelly all become very close. And they be, be, this is when their friendship really officially begins.
0: Yeah. Um, I do want to point out a couple things in that. So, John realized the path maneuver. He tacticianed the fuck out of it. But he actually had Kelly, because he knew Kelly was the fastest, had Kelly reach the police system first to prep it. Meanwhile, he held off the other kids while Sam kind of ran the middle ground to help her prep, because Sam is the second strongest of all the Spartans. He's not the strongest, as we'll find out when it comes to our man, George, but um, he is the second uh, uh, strongest Spartan. So him and Sam were fending the kids off while running, and it is, by fact, on Mendez's account, Kelly reached that pulley system twice as fast as um, John and Sam. And I just wanted to annotate that. That's how fucking fast she is. But she didn't go there just to spite the other two. She only went there because John gave the "I need you to secure that pulley" <laughs> like mm, time now, and that's why they got there as quick as they did.
1: Mm-hmm. And then, lastly, the most important piece too. Menda smiled.
0: Yep, <laughs> <laughs> the most important piece. Um. But yeah, man, no, I think that is the one of the critical learning curves that John conquered. And when they all went through it, I'll try to find the quote for a little towards the end here. But it was kind of cute. Oh, here it is. Um, At the end of coming third and like realizing what it all was, Sam turned to uh, Kelly and John and he says, we can be friends. I mean, if you want. It'd it'd be no big deal. (laughs) That's a quote. That's a quote verbatim. Um, Kelly just turns to him and says, sure. (laughs) And uh, John looks at him and goes, okay, friends.
1: (laughs) Bro, that's the most kid
0: shit in the world. Most kid shit. We're best friends now. (laughs) But no, that's it. And those three, honestly, man, those three would be kind of inseparable for the rest of the training program right i I can't think of a single time where they separated especially going into blue
1: no honestly they we really don't see them getting separated really until um the covenant war
0: yeah we'll get into that fucking mess because they would have a fourth friend you know that friend who's not like entirely in your core group (laughs) (laughs) but he's friends with all of you individually they would have that guy um he will come (laughs) every friend group needs him but those three uh those three definitely leaned on each other throughout it and um even coming in third like (laughs) it's impressive from dead last to third in a day something it's something
1: It's it's man it's it's one of those things, right? However, it does lead us to it there's it's a bit of a time jump. It, it's it's a bit of a time jump and I noticed something on the the Halopedia. It, it says September 26, 2517 through July 11, 2519. That's more of a quote of what John was thinking about when they got dropped on the training
0: exercise we're not there yet i got something between that
1: yeah okay then I'll, I'll let you go for it but just in front of what i'm seeing that that's more of a quote because that's on the what next, they were doing
0: yeah that's the next big thing and i think that's where we should kind of leave everybody for the next episode you know what i mean yeah Dude. yeah keep no, the people don't... wanting more
1: <laughs> well, we're we're getting to the sweet spot. Plus, we gotta we gotta let the
0: the we eventually gotta finish Soren's story as well. Oh my god, dude! I'm so excited. I'm not gonna look it, it, like I pulled up a tab on Soren and I immediately closed it, regretting it because like I didn't read any of it. But as soon as I googled it, I was like, mm, no, I closed it. <laughs> but I'm so captured by it. I'm, I'm excited to see what you bring next episode. Uh perfect. But um, I, I want to bring away, up. Dog. I want to bring up something. It's not a huge note um, before we go into the training exercise, um, but it is a note from Halsey because Halsey has a very hands-off approach when it comes to training the kids. She's kind of just there. It's hard to describe. Obviously, them being six-year-olds, there's a lot of psychologists involved um, in their upbringing, I guess, uh, to make sure they're at least being treated not great, (laughs) But okay. <laughs> um, but so she's kind of handling like the data, the psychologist, she's keeping Oni off the back of the project, which we'll find out that doesn't work all the way. Um, but on September 28th, she does make it a point to go and like be around the kids, not interacting with them, but in view of the kids. And uh in September 28th, 2517. She annotates that all the kids, male and female, were given buzz cuts. All of them. And I don't just bring that up all willy-nilly to cut you off. And be like, I have a fun fact, Kendall. <laughs> no, no, dude, it's important. It's, it's, no, it's, it's important. Just, this is kind of important because um, I do want to establish John's core group and who they are as people. Um, we did say Kelly will kind of get her own episode. But I do want to bring up that uh, Halsey on September 28th, she does annotate that the candidates were given haircuts. And number 87, who is Kelly, uh, Kelly 087, although she doesn't use her first name, which is weird. uh, She, in the middle of her haircut, about two buzzes in, disarms the master sergeant. for those of you in the military the master sergeant giving them haircuts um and it the only way that uh because you know obviously this is a child who just fucked this dude up um it took three other people to pin her the fuck down to finish shaving her head and do you want to know when she disarmed so, so here she is sitting in her barber chair, right, Ken Dog? She's sitting mm-hmm. here. He's got his fucking buzzers. He's fucking, he does two fucking shaves in, right? And she disarms him, right? So imagine she does some fucking flippy sh- Jackie Chan shit. What do you think she goes for first?
1: I would assume if she did the Jackie Chan flip, either she caught the back of his leg to get him in a bow down or she went straight for the nads.
0: You're wrong on both accounts.
1: Oh,
0: man. She secured her a lock of her own hair first.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I just want to quote the Master Sergeant. The Master Sergeant is quoted in Halsey's diary saying that he'd seen feral cats squirm less <laughs> and leave fewer claw marks. <laughs> um, I just wanted to annotate that because Kelly and John have a uh, I won't say a will they won't they, but they do have. They are best friends. Out of all the other Spartans that John befriends throughout this program, I will say that maybe Linda is a close second. Um, but him and Kelly oh, are in several... Oh, oh, never forget about Linda. Linda will fuck you up. Hey, yo. <laughs> Linda, if you don't, don't sleep on Linda, dude.
1: <laughs> Linda, Linda don't miss.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I just wanted to bring that up to kind of give some insight to the listeners who don't have all this data and who aren't going to go go all this data. A little more insight into Kelly and Kind of her priorities of the situation, um, to give a feel for who she is. No, damn right. Uh, the next thing I have is not until December twenty fourth, twenty four, seventeen. So uh, have at it.
1: <laughs> oh no, dude, you're good. You take the wheel because here's the thing, and I'll, I'll leave it up to you. If you if you want, we can wrap up with that, so that way we can actually start the next episode at the because I I have to go into the time jump. For boot camp.
0: Okay. Um let me do a quick read. Do you have yeah, I have a year jump from December twenty-five seventeen to December twenty-five eighteen. Do no, from anything-
1: for, for for me, mine jumps right into twenty-five
0: nineteen. Oh shit. Okay, so yeah, we'll definitely pick this up next episode. Where I'll leave mm-hmm. them is I'll kind of leave everybody um, with Halsey's feelings on the program and then I'll bring up um, the continuation of the Spartan two program and we'll leave your shit until next episode. If that's cool.
1: Yeah. Yo, the, the way we can, it, it, it kind of works out, right? Cause we can, we can finish the, the program all the way through Mjolnir because we can end with Mjolnir because that'll actually set us up for Harvest. This'll work.
0: Okay, because I also have to go through 2525 um, um, the early part of 2525 25, because that's when she is talking to John about the enhancements coming up and she details the enhancements and that's when she actually realizes um, a lot of them are about to die. <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh God, dude, I'm looking at the fucking bone graphs. Um, it's fucked. It's all fucked. Oh bud. yeah, dude. It's, it's yeah, all dude. bad, man. It's just it sucks. Like, ugh. I was the almost bone getting. I was like... getting emotionally there. <laughs> I was getting emotional <laughs> because I was thinking of Bruce. <laughs> I was like, yo, I would literally die. Um, but okay, we'll come uh, back in. I'll I'll start with the. Uh, what is. Okay. Yeah, she's talking about the uh, the clones. So I'll I'll leave off at the clones, and then we'll pick up the continuation of the training. All
1: right, three second rule. Let's take it home.
0: All right, a couple of minutes, seconds of silence. Three. So to get everything ready for, so to get everything ready for the next episode, um, because we are going to cut it here folks, uh, there is one note I do want to leave y'all with. Um, In December of 2517, Halsey is receiving the reports of what happened to those Flash clones, and she's going through them, and um, well, it's not what she expected. (laughs) Uh, Because I I gave you the percentages for her actual perception of how everything was going to go, you know, that 75 split, and, um, she's seeing that even in the clones, the clones of these kids are living far beyond what she would imagine, even in laboratory conditions, not to mention real world, but even in laboratory conditions, these flash clones are doing far better than anyone can, uh, Could have imagined. So she actually created new AI called Jackboot and Jackboot's not important, Um, but she created a new AI called (laughs) Jackboot. I just thought it was a cool name. Um, So she, she created Jackboot to specifically their only task was to track these clones. And Halsey makes it a note that um, what she thinks is happening is the whole nature versus nurture aspect of life, right? Um, she thinks that the nat- uh, that the parents trying to nur- uh, nurture these flash clones back to health because they don't know they're flash clones is actually having an effect that she couldn't foresee on the flash cone- uh, the flash clones and causing them to have a better life. And I say better life because there are still a very very large amount of them who are dying and a very large amount of them who are suffering from um, those mental illnesses. We talked about last episode, Um, but there's a note in here that I want to bring up where she talks about that. She can't handle any more reports coming to her about the parents suffering. And the one thing that's driving her crazy and the reason the only reason she created Jack boot is it wasn't because all these reports coming to her were like interfering with her work. It was solely because she couldn't handle the parents grieving. She couldn't handle reading. it anymore. And this is the first case of regret we get from Halsey. Um, and she actually makes a note that she feared that this would happen. Something about the parent offspring relationship that, debilitates her uh, her objective reasoning and it invokes emotion from her and if there's one thing to know about Halsey the only emotion that she can handle is annoying because that's <laughs> the one emotion that she just she cancels every time Halsey has found something annoying she finds a way around it or to stop it Um, so she can't handle the grievance of the parents but that kind of brings us up to the next episode that we're going to go into, because next episode, we're going to go through more of Dr. Halsey kind of discovering who she is moral wise, morality wise. And um, we're going to go through more of the Spartan program with these. I mean, they're turning seven <laughs> in the next episode, so they're still children, but a year under Mendez's rule, may as well be 10, as we'll see from the reports that we're getting for the next episode. Ken Dog, do you have anything to add before I say goodbye to these beautiful people?
1: Catch us next week when we hang out with Major Payne and we visit. We visit a little location on Reach that everybody knows and loves.
0: Your mom's house. Thanks.
1: Yo, mama's house. Because when you listen to you, me, and oh, you I'm get sorry. Pitches. I'm sorry. Your
0: sister's house. It's getting harder to tell the difference. Oh, lord. As years go by,
1: Yo, know, that that listener. Hey, listen. We, we we listen. We just want to take them out for a nice steak dinner. Bring them home. Never call them again.
0: I'm sorry. You go on. You go. Hey.
1: No, man, take us out. Take us out. Took us out out last episode. This
0: is your baby. This is your moment. So this episode, we went over Dr. Halsey, her morality, as well as flash uh, flash clones of the children, the children's rude awakening to the life that they didn't sign up for, Oni's biggest cover up to date, and Dr. Halsey had something slip across her desk, a photograph of deep space. All these things we'll go further into on the next episode of You, Me, and Lore. Thanks for coming out, everybody. Later, y'all. Bye. You, Me, and Lore is an original podcast written and produced by Brandon Wayner and Kenny Gomez. Sound and editing done by Brandon Wayner and Kenny Gomez. Intro composed and played by Achilles Amadasit. Transitions and outro played by Sam Gibbs. Both can be found at Fiverr.com. For inquiries, information, and feedback, please visit us on the You, Me, and Lore Facebook page or email us directly at youmeandlore@gmail.com. at gmail.com. See you next week.